The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. Two hours of fantasy sports discussion. We're going to take a look at a lot of Super Bowl proposition wagers as we now start to gear up for Super Bowl Sunday. Breaking down everything that's happening there. The latest in Major League Baseball, both on and off the field. And, of course, another exciting night in the NBA. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Grid. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizapia. 17 and joe certainly we're gonna have a lot of super bowl to get to here on the show today a lot of props of course a little COVID issues with the super bowl potentially as well with the kansas city chiefs and major league baseball continues to uh, deliver some very interesting news as always both on and off the field and unfortunately some disturbing news as well today so what's going on today joe how you doing I don't know. What I find disturbing is the snow plows destroyed the mailbox in front of my house. That's how much snow we have. What's disturbing is after this is over, I got another couple of hours of probably shoveling and plowing ahead of me. But that's a little Joe-centric, and nobody wants to hear that. We want to talk about sports, and there are some fun things to talk about today. We've got a lot of props, which we're going to get into. And, uh, yeah, another former Met manager, former Met employee, and a scandal. Who, who would have thought that, Craig? Yeah, and I gotta say, like of all the, uh, by the way, of all the predictions of the season on the show, you got that one right with the mailbox. You said yesterday it would be down. You you nailed that one right on the money there. It was so. it was off down. I knew off completely ripped off. That's the one that uh, did not see that one coming. So that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. To yeah, replace. even good time. even beyond. Yeah, you had that at minus one seventy, I think. But. I did. All I right, did. The uh, FanDuel yeah. were very good on that. <laughs> Yeah, John Sheeran had it at 170. Uh, okay, so let, uh, let's uh, let's get to our headlines here. The Athletic with a pretty uh, shocking report last night that Mickey Calloway, the former Mets manager and now Angels pitching coach, or at least as of noon Eastern pitching coach, accused of harassing women, and there were some lewd texts and things of that nature. And and certainly, uh, you know, this is just the second time already with somebody formerly involved in the Mets organization that we're hearing this and, and horrible to read. No doubt about that. Kansas City Chiefs Demarcus Robinson placed on the COVID list due to close contact. Same thing with Daniel Kilgore. I did read that there's a good chance both could play on Sunday, but we have to always pay attention to these things in terms of sports betting. No doubt about that. Pistons Nuggets postponed last night due to contact tracing due to the Detroit side of things, although it was a pretty full slate in the NBA. And uh, and also Major League Baseball, uh, Joe, the players reject the owner's offer this time, and uh, they will report to spring training in a couple of weeks. They say that the season will start on time. 
I would tell you that while it does appear that that could be the case, a lot can happen between now and the 17th, and there are also some other things in play. Specifically, I can tell you that the health and safety protocols for spring training and the season have not yet been agreed to, and who knows what those will look like from one to the other before the 17th of February starts, but they have to agree to those to play the 2021 season. And so while that is not being widely reported, I can tell you that that is definitely something that we'll have to follow in the next couple of weeks. You may seem, Joe, like, oh, this is just so easy until they tell the players they have to bubble up, right? And then at that point, oh, no, we can't bubble up. You know, so you know how this is going to be. But that's where we're kind of at right now. I don't get this, Greg, because this is like when you know you have the assignment due at the end of the year, right? Well, you know when spring training starts. Everybody knows mid-February is where spring training starts, okay? World Series, last time I checked, ended what? The end of October, right? So you've had a few months to iron these things out. Why is it that we always, with Major League Baseball, have to get to the night before and we have to start cramming all these things in? It's like, oh, what? Oh, I have a test uh, tomorrow? Oh, my God, what, there's a paper due? Why do they have to do this to us every single season right up until the deadline of things? And I know that's like part of the negotiations. But it is infuriating to the fans of Major League Baseball. I'm sure it's infuriating to the players. It's infuriating to the media who covers it. It's infuriating to all the ancillary people who work in and around Major League Baseball. But I don't get it. What have we been doing since December and November and January? All these months. Could we not have like put some of these things in place, had some of these discussions, ironed things out, made this all work? Okay, our regular offseason or not or whatever we're going to do. Why do we have to get to this point every time with MLB, Craig? It is infuriating. Yeah, and part of this, as you will hear on the on the baseball side of things, is the new COVID variant that is out there, and just protection amongst that too. And I, but I understand your point, uh, definitely well taken. And we'll just see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Uh, last night in one of the NBA games, we got to show this tweet from LeBron James, the Los Angeles Lakers getting into <laughs> it with a woman who was courtside. Courtside Karen, LeBron James tweets mm-hmm. out, boy, she was big mad yesterday, Joe. I don't know if you had a chance to see the video of this woman posting herself on Instagram, but uh, that that made for probably one of the, the funniest highlights of the season, and I can only imagine what will happen courtside Karen moving forward. Oh, it was, it was the thing I woke up to this morning. I woke up, got my phone, looked on Twitter. It was the first thing. I said, what is this? What is courtside Karen? And then I watched the videos and the things, and it was, uh, I mean, <laughs> what are you screwing around with a guy who's got 50 million Twitter followers? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, some people are there just to hate on him, but most of them are his fans, too. Where are you getting, I mean, it's just somebody who wants to try to be famous and wants to try to get known and all these things, uh, and the whole relationship, you know, the, of course, I mean, it's so common, you know, the 25-year-old girl and the 58-year-old billionaire. I mean, it's a very common love story that we've seen a million times and it never gets old. But yeah, courtside Karen, that would actually put a little smile on my face after a long day of shoveling yesterday. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, courtside Karen uh, is 25. I am uh, 27. And so we do have a lot in common in terms of age there. But but beyond that, it was a fascinating story. We'll bring in our producer, Brett Levy, next for our fantasy standout. So stay on the grid.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia, noon to 2 Eastern every day, right here on Sports Grid and SportsGrid.com. Well, the NBA was no joking matter. Some really good games and big performances last night. We're going to dive right into it along with our producer, Brett Levy, here on the show. And we will talk about who did what over on FanDuel, for those of you who are playing the DFS side of things. Let's get started with LeBron James, the Los Angeles Lakers, and he was able to overcome courtside Karen and all, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block. Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks is just piling up the assists, by the way. That is the interesting number for him as the season continues. 25 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Malik Monk, a monster game last night, 36, 5, and 2 assists. Jimmy Butler in the struggling Miami Heat, 25 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 steals. And Jared Allen, 23 points, 18 rebounds, one assist, and five blocks. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting, Brett, when you look at the Atlanta Hawks. We've kind of been waiting for two decades for for the Hawks to be really good. I know that they've had some playoff appearances. They always seem to fall short. I know that people just, Brett, blame Atlanta sports, you know, without it. But with Trey (laughs) Young and John Collins, it does appear that they have a nice nucleus, but with Young adding to his assist totals, I mean, that's not something that he did at Oklahoma. It's not really something that he did in the first year of the NBA, but we've seen back-to-back pretty monster totals here, and that can help you a lot in DFS. Yeah, I mean, I think Trey Young's always kind of been a great passer, Craig. This is the most help he's had, so maybe that's why his assist numbers have taken a little jump. Uh, You know, to have shooters like Gallinari and Bogdanovich and – to add some pieces. They added Capella at the deadline last year. So I'm sure the addition of talent has helped that number rise. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was a huge draft day trade. Young for Doncic and, you know, Luka's team struggling right now. The Hawks look okay. They're playing pretty well. Trey Young's playing pretty well. So I think both teams are pretty happy with their outcomes of that trade right now. Um, obviously, Luca looks like a potential MVP, but Trey Young's no slouch, Craig. He's he's going to be a perennial all-star, and he's a guy that can score and pass, like you said. 
Yeah, Trey Young looked fantastic last night passing the ball around. I mean, it just looked so easy. He had such good awareness of where everybody was on the floor at all times. I want to talk about another guard, too. Let's talk a little bit about John Morant and this run right now that the Grizzlies are on. That's seven in a row. They started the season, what, two and six? Now they're nine and six. They're sitting at fourth overall in the West. That is quite a run. Now, I don't know if people really expect them to compete with the Lakers and the Clippers and the top and the Jazz and all those groups, but now that they've had this run of seven in a row, of course, things will marginalize eventually, but should we be paying attention to this as maybe a team that might be able to pull off an upset at some point in time? And and John Morant obviously having just a fantastic season during this run. Yeah, I mean, John Morant has been fantastic his first two years in the league. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., another young player, that's going to be the core there for Memphis for a while. They added Brandon Clark last year in the draft too. And, uh, you know, he was... A four-year player in college, started at San Jose State, ended up at Gonzaga. So he improved in college, and I expect him to continue to improve. He's kind of a late developer, and uh, mm. that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's just added value. Ask uh, Jimmy Butler's teams, right? Like another late developer, and he's made a bunch of all-star games, been a great player. So Brandon Clark's been a huge player for them off the bench. And actually, Jaron Jackson got hurt at the end of last year, so he missed some time this year. Uh, Valanciunas is a great big. So, you know, they have talent at all these positions. They have key role players. Dylan Brooks is a 3 and D guy. Uh, Kyle Anderson came from the Spurs where he was winning championships. He knows how to play defense, move the ball, fill a role. So Memphis is a great team. Uh, to your point, Joe, I don't think they're really like a championship contender, but could they absolutely give someone trouble in the first or second round? Uh, for sure. All right, let's get to the other fantasy standouts from last night. Julius Randle makes our list yet again for the Knicks. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals. Nice run here for Laurie Markin in 30 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. Nasir Little, 36-1, 1 steal, also 2 blocks for him. Hey, how about the game for De'Aaron Fox yesterday? This guy continues to come on. 38 points, 4 rebounds, 12 assists, 1 steal. And Chris Paul, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals. You know, Brett, De'Aaron Fox is just going to continue to go under the radar. You know how it works out there. I mean, what, what do you think the future holds for him? You know, it's like, I, I hate to say it, but uh, players just don't stay there and they they continue to leave. And, and Fox looks like he has the chance of being a budding superstar, but yet he's not in a location that people pay attention to him all that much. Yeah. Well, it'll be, you know, it'll probably be one of those things where he resigns there for a second contract. And after that, he'll probably leave when he can be an unrestricted free agent. Um, so you're probably right, Craig. He's probably not a lifelong King, but um, he's a great player. And, you know, the Kings are trying to build around him. They've added pieces throughout the years. They, they signed Har or traded for Harrison Barnes. Uh, you know, they've tried to bring in pieces from winning teams and bring them over and help build that culture. It just hasn't really worked out. And, uh, you know, they've had a lot of different head coaches over his career. Um, Divock's been the only GM, but it hasn't been a steady, clean tenure. So, that's part of it too, right? Like we always talk about some of it's where you get drafted. So I think De'Aaron Fox, like you said, has a chance to be a great player. He uh, honestly makes an impact every night in this league. He's one of the best guards. He's one of the quickest guards. So uh, he's tough to defend and he's a matchup problem, but I'm not sure he'll be a lifelong king, like you said. 
All right, looking forward to tonight's slate here. I know we said a lot of nice things about Memphis before we were just talking, but they're playing the Pacers tonight, and I actually have a Pacers question. So with that in mind, we're always looking for value on the slate, always looking for opportunities for stacks. What are your thoughts tonight on Sabonis and Brogdon's played very well, putting those guys together a little bit more value than necessarily going up for the obvious chalk of the three guys in Brooklyn and maybe even sprinkling in some other names, um, guys like Holiday, guys like Lamb. Is that something you think is viable tonight uh, against Memphis for the Indiana Pacers kind of be in play on Fandle? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, Memphis is coming on a back-to-back, so maybe not all their guys play. Uh, So I think the Pacers are a good team to target because you don't know exactly what uh, Memphis is going to do with their rotations. Are guys tired? Uh, Are they going to rest guys because it's a back-to-back and higher injury risk or something like that? So I think it's probably safe to target some uh, some Pacers. Doug McDermott's pretty good for his value too. He's been shooting pretty well. So there's a few guys that uh, you could you could target tonight. Well, Brett, thanks again for coming on. As always, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. We'll see what happens in the NBA, and we'll also get your Super Bowl prediction before the week is over too. Thanks again. All right, sounds good. All right, Brett Levy, our producer, of course, uh, here with us on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, Joe, before we get back to Super Bowl props, one quick note. Uh, The Athletics Cincinnati is reporting Sean Doolittle in agreement on a one-year deal with the Reds, and I know that we had had some questions as far as who's going to end up closing games. I'm not really sure it'll end up being Doolittle, but I I guess for people who do fantasy and do rankings, it's like there's still 140 free agents out there. Doolittle definitely shakes up that conversation in the ninth inning for the Reds. Well, I'm glad this happened now and not uh, on Monday because this weekend I'm going back in to redo some of the Black Book RPV rankings for relievers because there's been some movement there. And I just send out a big email to everybody. After Super Bowl, we'll have some fresh rankings from the R, you know, RPV for RP. Well, there's another guy to now consider and figure that out. Now, whether or not he gets that job right away, but I feel like closers right now, it's just like taking a bunch of darts and you have the dartboard and you just hurl them all at once and you hope that you hit on one or two. And I'm just trying to tell people, look, don't go crazy here spending in the middle. That's where it's dangerous. You want to spend on Josh Hader? Okay. You want to go out for the Andersons? Though? You want to go with the big boys? Okay, that's fine. But it's the guys in the middle that can kill you in fantasy baseball. It's the guys in the middle where you overpay for the Cody Allens of the world off a good season and they're bad, or the Hansel Robles of a good season that they never really had and then they're bad the following year. That's the danger because you're passing up on depth at starting pitcher. You're passing up a depth in the offense, and that can really set you back. Wait, let the market come to you, take a bunch of shots, and hopefully one of them actually pans out. All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to take a deeper dive into the FanDuel Sportsbook for some of the Super Bowl props. Of course, the big game is coming here on Sunday. We got it covered for you. I know Joe will be on the air. I'll be on the air Sunday. And uh, I know you guys have to make some decisions regarding what to do on Super Bowl Sunday. Perhaps we'll have some of those decisions for you next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And welcome back. It's time for a little proposition wagering here on Fantasy Sports Today. Super Bowl's on Sunday. Of course, those of you who want to see all the props, you can go on over to FanDuel. Hopefully, you have sports betting in your state. If not, guess what? 2021, you're probably going to have it. We're getting closer and closer to the entire country having this, and why not? It's a lot of fun, and certainly as long as you do it responsibly, I think that you'll be in really good shape. Joe and I have been agonizing for the last 24 hours on the most important Super Bowl prop, which is, of course, the coin toss. Joe says heads, I say tails. It's going to come right down to the wire here on Sunday. There's a lot of analysis you could really get into on that coin toss. We'll have it for you as the week goes on for sure. Right, Joe? Heads? No, you're coin, a heads guy? Or tails? Uh, I think we all know the answer to that. I mean, look at that. Come on. How am I not a heads guy? Let's go. Come on. I got to represent you go. my people. Let's do this. There you go. All right. Yeah, we'll have that for you before Sunday. Trust me. All right. Uh, here are latest odds here. We do this every day of the week for sure. Chiefs minus three against the Bucks, minus 120 Kansas City. Not really much of a change from yesterday. Unlike the snow, unlike the weather, this has remained the same. Minus 120 and the total is 56 and a half. So uh, Joe and I officially on Friday will give you our strong opinions on the game side and total. But for now, let's take a look at the uh, spread and total points parlay here because there's some decent opportunities here, some nice opportunities to win double your money. You put 100 down, you could win uh, up to 290 on this wager. So let's take a look at it, Joe. Get your opinion on this. Kansas City minus three with the over. 56 and a half will pay out plus 290. If you take the Chiefs minus three and a half and the under 56 and a half, you can get 270. So for you novice bettors out there, that's betting 100 to win 270. Taking the Tampa Bay side of things, plus three and the hook and the over will get you plus 230. And taking the Bucks plus the under in this one, plus three and a half, under 56 and a half, plus 260. So according to FanDuel, the plus 230 on the Bucks and the over seems to be the one that you'll get paid out the least. And Joe, taking the Chiefs and the over plus 290 is the least likely, but all seem to be almost about the same in terms of 40-50 cents differential in all of these. I know that you like the Chiefs going into Sunday, but you have to add that little half if you take them. And then would you prefer over or under? Because if you did prefer the over and the Chiefs, that would be your biggest payout on this one. And ironically, that's actually the thing that I like the most. I talked about this past week on the uh, wagering podcast that I hosted Line Star that I, I thought the Chiefs and the over is actually my favorite combination of things. And, and it's because of a few factors. The first being 
my thoughts on the execution of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and how good those guys are. And Tom Brady is not going to get in a hole and refuse to pull himself out of it. You can just go back and look at that Atlanta Super Bowl. And I think you have a pretty good idea that there's no such thing as a lead on Tom Brady in the Super Bowl that he can't overcome. That certainly helps. That certainly works. Now, the other part of that, when you have the Kansas City Chiefs on the other side, is I do believe that the Kansas City Chiefs will win this football game. That's where I've been leaning all week, and it's probably where I'm going to lean on Friday. Um, I just think they're right now, again, they're, they were playing their best game of the year last week, and I still think that despite the fact that the Tampa Bay Bucks went in there to Green Bay and came out with a W, there were enough mistakes there that I think would really get them in trouble in a game with the Chiefs. So ironically, the one I like the most actually is the one you could win the most money, and that rarely kind of goes together. Now, Craig, do you have a feeling about this? Are you somebody that would prefer maybe to take Tampa in the over? And even though that is you know kind of the less sexy of the four, is it just a matter of, well, there's not too much of a difference, and if that is the chalk and that is the, quote, more right answer or more willing outcome, is that to you the way to go and play this? Well, I feel like if Tampa covers, I do feel an under is coming. So that would lead me toward uh, the final prop here of the four with mm-hmm. plus three and a half and the under 56 and a half. That's just my simple feeling on the game. I personally think that it is an over and I think Kansas City wins, but I just don't know that that is the best value here, even at plus 290, because the line is sort of telling you here that there's a chance Tampa Bay covers just from reading through this four. So I will lean on this one in particular because I'm getting an extra half. I will lean with the Bucks plus three and a half and the under 56 hmm. and a half. I don't really see a middle here again because it's only a half point, but that of these four wagers, I of, of the four, if you just put them and say you got to pick one, that would be the one that I would pick here. I do like Kansas City to win the game. Again, we've talked about this. Most people will bet more than one prop. If I had a choice on these four, it would be that one and get my plus 260 there because it just it seems to be telling me that the longest odds are not the most realistic ones here, but certainly could happen. And by the way, you would not be getting plus 290 if it was KC minus three. It'd be minus 250 or 40. All right, now let's take a look at the money line and the total points in the game. Now, if you take the Chiefs on the money line and the over, so this is KC just to win the game and the over, it's plus 200. And so, therefore, this is the one that I like the most of those four. KC to win and the under 56.5, also plus 200. So, basically, just picking an over under there. And the Tampa Bay to win and the game goes over 56.5. The Bucks have to win, and the game has to go under for it to be 56.5 at plus 340. So of all of the eight ones that we just looked at here for this, I think that KC to win and the over is the best of these eight that we just discussed. But again, we showed you two different graphics there, mm-hmm. and so just wanted to uh, give you some different opportunities there on FanDuel. Yeah, well, once you take the points out, and and I apologize for missing the half point in our last discussion there when we were talking about Kansas City, because that half point does matter quite a bit. So, uh, But I think that going right back to what I was saying, to me, that feels like the likely outcome. It feels like Kansas City is going to win this football game, uh, and it feels to me as though that the 56-and-a-half is something that is very achievable. I think when you look at, you know, where this game has been, and I understand that I understand greatly how good Tampa's been, but Tampa's biggest strength is stopping the run. And that's the one thing that the Chiefs really don't care about. So the biggest strength is not something that's really taking something massively away from Patrick Mahomes. And that is, I think, a big part of evaluating this football game. And this is where kind of fantasy and gambling can kind of 
overlap a little bit. We start to analyze these things and look at the matchups and the trends and the DFS side of stuff. And you say, okay, what does they always think? What does Tampa do best? Well, they take teams that run the football away. And you know what? When they stopped Aaron Jones and created a fumble there with him in that championship game, that was huge. You know, you look at the win in Washington, right? What was Washington doing so well? Antonio Gibson had a great second half. McKissick was catching the ball all over the place. The running backs were really involved. They were able to kind of contain that quite a bit. And I think that if you go back and look at the success of the Kansas City Chiefs, it's all built on the passing game. It's built on Travis Kelsey. It's built on Mahomes finding the open man. It's built on huge plays from Tyreek Hill. And I think that kind of lends itself to a big wide open potential game. And it's also kind of deflating just a tad what Tampa's knack is, and that is slowing down a run game. But for the Kansas City Chiefs, the run game has been leaned upon, what, like three or four games in this year? And it's not something that they need to do in order to win a football game, and it's not something they have to do to score 30 points in a football game, which is saying a lot about Andy Reid, this offense, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy, and the whole cast of characters. Yeah, and and what's interesting here is that when you when you consider it, you would get better money on taking, like, let's just dive into what we were discussing. If we both mm-hmm. kind of see it the same way with Kansas City and the over. So you have $100 and you have a choice of making one of those eight wagers that we just basically illustrated there. Do you feel, Joe, that you would rather try and get almost three times your money by laying the points or conversely, laying no points whatsoever? but the outcome remains the same and you only make two times your money. See, for me, that's where there is more value there. So if my $100 has a, I I feel better than a 50% chance of getting me the 200, I'd rather do that than make an extra 90 cents. So 100 to win 200 or 100 to win 290 um, is kind of the differential there. If you feel really strongly that KC will cover the three and a half, then go ahead and put your money down on 100 to win 290. But for me, in this case, the double up is fine with me. It's fine with me too. And I think, especially because I look at it as this, Craig, it's like buying insurance on Tom Brady, right? Because that Tom Brady factor, we all know, we've seen it enough times now in our lives to know that he is going to probably find a way to be competitive, right? It's Tom Brady. Competitive is his middle name. So if you think that, take the points out of the equation. Don't get greedy, as they say. Go for the W, go for the over. And keep it simple, right? Uh, but I think it's, to me, it's it's a no-brainer because you're basically taking the Tom Brady factor and the Tom Brady competitiveness kind of out and putting it to the side, which I think is worth it to me. Now, the question is, do you think that same insurance policy is worth it? Because it seems like you kind of do. Yeah, I, I do a little bit. And, and the reason why is because I, I understand that Kansas City just dominated Buffalo. But the reality mm-hmm. is, is that I don't think that they were sleepwalking with the with those final seven games where they didn't cover the spread. I think their defense wasn't good enough to cover. So there is mm-hmm. definitely a chance that Brady and company, even if they lose the game, can backdoor. I just feel more comfortable with the money line than I do with right. the spread there. So I, I guess that, that kind of summarizes it. But as the week goes on, we'll continue to take a look at all of the props, give you possibilities for some of the things that you may be thinking. Also, don't forget all of our shows going to be broadcasting this weekend in game live on Saturday, day and night. And then Sunday, we have special Super Bowl programming starting all the way early in the morning. Joe will be on the air. Uh, I'll be on the air with Joe Ranieri from 10 a.m. to noon. And then we'll be covering the Super Bowl from a betting perspective like we've never done before this year. So make sure you go over to sportsgrid.com. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. And of course, all of the videos that we post are clipped. 
They're uh, broadcast on different places, including YouTube. You can find us on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all of our shows there as well. So make sure you find them there too. Uh, All right, coming up next, more Super Bowl proposition wagers. We're going to talk about the first sack in the game. So we'll take a look at the defense and also dive into potentially whether or not there will be an interception and who will have that pickoff as well. So stay on the grid. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia. We're back in just two minutes, and don't go away. We'll be back on SportsGrid.com after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today as our Super Bowl proposition wager previews continue here on the show. And, of course, go over to FanDuel. You can find them all. There are, I feel like, Joe, there's probably like thousands of them as the week's gone on here. I didn't see as many last week as I do now. And I know very popularly uh, in Las Vegas, they all come out on a, on a Sunday night. But I feel like on FanDuel on Monday, they posted like hundreds, if not thousands of them. So any prop that you that you want, I think you could probably find it on FanDuel. Yeah, I, I whatever your heart desires, whatever you could possibly imagine, it's there. Which is unbelievable, but you know this is the last football game for quite some time, so we got to get it all in now because it's going to be uh, you know the long winter. It's going to be NBA and NHL, and hopefully, fingers crossed, MLB sooner rather than later. But yeah, this is um, this is the evolution, right, of things. This is where things are at yeah. now on FanDuel, and it is stunning some of them, and some of them you're looking at and go, "Wow, I never even thought of that," or "Or that's that's interesting. That's that's new and different, and that's." You know, it's a it's kudos to the people of FanDuel for coming up with some of these. And uh, I'm fascinated to see, and I know we can't probably, but I'd love to see how many people bet on some of these things. And, you know, including, of course, the all-important coin toss, which, again, we're teasing for Friday. We have to make everybody wait for that. Yep, we'll do that on Friday. All right, let's take a look at, at the first sack of the game, the player to record the first sack. And boy, do we have a lot of choices here, and it could be somebody that is not here as well. But Frank Clark is five to one, Joe. Shaq Barrett is five and a half to one. No stranger to sacks in Super Bowls. Jason Pierre Paul plus 650. Chris Jones from the outside plus 750. And then you're really taking a shot here on any of these. Alex Okafor at 11 to one. Devin White, who doesn't rush the passer all that often at 11 to one. 
And Indomitian Sue who's going to need to basically just rush through the center and rush through the line to get a sack, although it's not impossible. Sue is no stranger to that, too, at 12-1. to 1. So, okay, this is, a, this, is, this is a little bit of a guessing game here, no doubt about that on this one here, trying to predict who can get this. And, again, another part of this is that the player can rush through the line, Joe. He can grab the quarterback, and you can say, yeah, I won. And then they get loose, and then that's the end of it. So uh, harder to sack Mahomes than it is Brady. We know that. So I would tend to think Buccaneers here, in my opinion, and that would lead me toward maybe Shaq Barrett, and that would seem to be the one that I would have the most interest in here. But do you see anyone else as a possibility? I like some uh, JPP. You know, let's let's get after it. A little JPP, why not? Right? I mean, he's been terrific towards the end here, and, and he's really been getting after things. So I think that could – Certainly be the guy that I would have my eye on. He's gotten some great pressure in these playoff games on the opposing quarterbacks. Uh, you saw it against New Orleans. You know, you've seen it against, uh, obviously, last week as well, or two weeks ago now, uh, as we get further away from that Green Bay game. But I like the JPP one here. And I would not sleep on Chris Jones. I think that's kind of where the value is in the middle there. And the one thing that probably is not discussed enough is the fact of who is the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's Steve Spagnuolo. And what's his claim to fame? It's beating Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl as defensive coordinator. Right. So yeah. there's certain things, and Brady's like everybody else. I know everybody thinks he's a cyborg, and he might be, but he's part human as well. And that does mean that there's going to be some certain, I would say, blind spots of Tom Brady. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody, uh, you know, the Tom Coughlin, Spagnuolo group, really, nobody's done it like them in terms of, finding the blind spots of Tom Brady and finding some of the weaknesses and being able to exploit them. And they did it not once, but twice. And I got to give him some credit. And that's why I kind of lean towards the Chris Jones here in, in this spot too. I think there's some value there. I like that opportunity. Uh, Clark is the easy one. So let's go with the less easy one and kind of roll up with the same concept, but a different guy, maybe get a little bit bigger payday. All right. So uh, there you have it there. And Jones and Barrett are our picks there. Now, in terms of just recording a sack in general, the, you can do this also on FanDuel. Just picking the player it doesn't have to be the first sack. This is just recording a sack in the game, yes or no. So all of these can be bet. Chris Jones, plus 150 on the yes. No is minus 195. Frank Clark, plus 120. No is minus 155. Shaq Barrett is plus 115. No, minus 145. And then Devin White, is a pretty big long shot on the S, getting almost two and a half to one on your money, and then not a lot of value of risking 340 to win 100. But the likelihood, Joe, obviously, of Devin White getting a sack is very low, low enough to risk 340 to win 100, probably not for me. But is it just as simple as going back to the two guys that we just mentioned that we think are going to get sacks? Because you could have Jones here at plus 150, and I can have Shaq Barrett at plus 115. I actually don't like any of these. I think that this is a little bit more of of uh, of skill than luck in this case, but I just don't like the juice on the nose here, and my preference would be to find somebody with a no. Hmm, that's an interesting take on that. Uh, the Devin White no is definitely a no for me too because I would imagine Devin White is going to have his hands full trying to just contain – the middle of the field a little bit with Travis Kelsey. I mean, that. I mean, Devin Weiss done a tremendous job of going sideline to sideline this season and just being a presence wherever the ball is. And I think we can all agree that the ball is going to be somewhere near Travis Kelsey at many times during this football game. And if that's the case, you kind of need him out in coverage a little bit more. And he's done a very good job in coverage. He had an interception, obviously, in that game against uh, New Orleans a few weeks back. So to me, Devin Weiss right. is a name that I would definitely take off. And, and you're right, the no is kind of, you know, it seems like a nah, definitive no – 
but it's not a good wager. You know, it's not enough to really get into it. But yeah, I think it's the two usual suspects that we kind of talked about if you want to get involved in this. But the other one's a little bit more fun. (laughs) Who's going to get it first as opposed to who's going to get one? Yeah, I think so. And I think that I would rather maybe take a shot there with my $10 or $20 than something on here. If if I had to throw a no out, maybe it would be Frank Clark is the only one that I would even consider. But um, yeah, not in love with any of these really in particularly. So uh, a no overall for me on that one. Okay, so now let's move on to interceptions here. And you definitely can get some really good value here if you can predict the way the ball is going to bounce because that's kind of the way that interceptions are. You just never know. Devin White is 10 to 1 catching an interception in this game. And if he doesn't, you got to lay a lot of money. 35 to 1. Not worth it. Okay. Tyron Matthew plus 450. The Noah's minus 700. Now, this is the curious one here because if you're just following the narrative from the last three games, then Sean Murphy Bunting is going to have an interception in this game. And you're going to make $750 on a $100 bet. The Noah's minus 1600. And then Brashad Breeland. Is plus 500. Mm. No, it's minus 950. Here's the bottom line. You're guessing on an interception, okay? 100%. The ball can be thrown right to the player, and he can drop it. The ball can pop up in the air. It, uh, turnovers are by far the least skillful, I would say, stat in professional football outside of when you're going against Jameis Winston. Beyond, You understand that that could definitely happen in a Winston game. But beyond that, it is luck. You have two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL who rarely throw interceptions, who rarely make mistakes. I understand that Brady threw a bunch of those last week or uh, two weeks ago. I don't expect that to continue. So I'm not going to sit here and say that you have better odds of a Breland interception potentially than anyone else. If you're asking me just for a nice story to continue, Joe, it would be Murphy Bunting at plus 750. But would I take $100 and put it on that as opposed to something else that I think I have a more reasonable chance at with less variance that answer is yes too of all of the darts murphy bunting would be the one that i would do but it wouldn't be anything more than a 10 or 20 dollar bet i just don't think there's any value on any of these there's always value when brett Favre was playing too on the good interception you knew there was Favre's a pick up at some point Favre is another one. it's a lock you go find some guy i want to highlight breland because I'm thinking about the other side of this game. I'm thinking if there's going to be picks in this game, it's going to be more from the Tom Brady side than the Mahomes side. It's just, again, it's my opinion. It's also the narrative I'm writing for this game in my analyst head of where this game is and how aggressive we all know at times that Tampa Bay offense wants to be, regardless of whether or not they need to be. And I think there's going to be some need to be in this game just to keep pace with Patrick Mahomes. And that could lead to some problems. And Breland's coming off a really good playoff run. I know Sean Murphy Bunting's been the guy, and he's he's had some moments in this playoffs as well where he just looks like he's always in the right place at the right time. But I want to talk about Breland a little bit. Matthew's another one, too, that you could certainly throw into this mix. But one of these Chiefs guys, I think, is a better wager. And we do a, a little bit on the Sunday shows always where the Matt Stryker and myself, where I like to spend Matt's money. So if Craig Mish was giving me money, I would spend Mish money right now on Breland. I would think Breland the yes is actually my favorite of all of these, just from the way he's played what that matchup's going to be, and how Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are continuing to be a little stubborn here in terms of throwing the deep ball. I know Andrew Erickson came on last week, gave us a great stat of nobody's been more efficient than Tom Brady throwing the ball downfield this year. However, he's also thrown the ball downfield more than most other quarterbacks. And just the volume of that sometimes will allow these sort of situations to happen. And we saw them in Green Bay in a cluster. And we've seen it some other times here with Tom Brady where he's thrown some picks in some games. Now, it's not 
Jameis Winston level, but that was also what kind of made Jameis Winston Jameis Winston to a certain extent. This is Bruce Arians, you know, chuck and duck kind of thing where we're just going to continue to throw the ball. And when you do that downfield, you are going to have a little bit of risk reward there. And unfortunately, a lot of the risk did not reward Jameis Winston and company. But for me, I actually like Breland in this one. Uh, once again, you know, Devin White would have to be in the right place at the right time, kind of like it's these other ones. Now, he always is. Don't get me wrong. He that always dude is. always right. has to find a way. But like you're saying, it's a bounce. And even with the one he had the other day, right, it was a bounce off somebody else and it just landed in his hand, right? Or the fumble recovery, he was running by and he just picked it up, right? He is a nose for the football, which is great. Some players just have that and very well that could pay off. But Breland to one, it's, if you're going to have fun, if you've got a lot of expendable cash and you want to bet almost every prop you possibly can, that would be the guy that I would be targeting in this bunch. Yeah, and look, the the thing that we're doing here is we're trying to give you as much information as possible on both sides of the field. Today just happens to be a defensive day. The one thing that I could tell you is that when when I'm looking at props, it isn't usually, in terms of my money, it usually isn't a lot of the long shots. It's a lot of the, I would say, the stats, like the over-under yards or uh, rushing yards, receiving yards, things of that nature. But, of course, as we heard earlier in the show, Demarcus Robinson placed on the COVID list. What we're trying to do is as we get closer to the week, when things get more definitive and we have no COVID issues and we know that the game is going to be played with all the players that are supposed to be playing it, is really deliver for you two straight days of just all player props over or under. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we could do that Thursday and Friday. But for now, we're taking a look at some of the exterior ones as we do right. here on the show, and, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, also, don't forget, um, we're going to take a closer look at the Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees Saturday night. They're going to make that final decision. And in our fantasy trivia, we're actually going to talk about a couple of players that are going to be in the Hall of Fame, one being Tom Brady, another one being Peyton Manning. Manning is a first-time eligible player. Interesting conversation I had yesterday with someone about Zach Thomas, where it seems as though, Joe, three players are definitive for the Hall of Fame on Saturday. I forget who the third one was he mentioned to me, but Peyton Manning is one and Charles Woodson is another. Charles Johnson, Johnson. or um, Calvin Johnson, that's the third one. Yeah, and and I'm trying to make a case for Zach Thomas to get in, and I think he's a Hall of Famer. But he's only got two spots because those other three that I just mentioned are guaranteed to get in, right, on the first shot? Well, you can have more than the five, I believe. It's just the minimum. I believe I saw it somewhere between five and eight is what's allowed, if memory serves. I could be wrong on that, but I I remember when we were talking about it, I went back and I didn't think it was the max. I thought it was the minimum. (laughs) But maybe I'm wrong. I think it's the min and the max. It's the mid and the max. Just five guys. Who are, you want to be in the Hall of Fame? Come on, let's go. We'll put you in. We need a fifth guy. <laughs> it's like playing basketball in the city. Like when you're hanging out with your friends or something in the burbs and you're like, hey, we need a fifth guy. It's like the NFL Hall of Fame and then playing pickup basketball in Jersey. Pretty much the same thing. Same thing. All right, coming up next, a little fantasy trivia. And then we've got our headlines coming up at the top of the hour here on Fantasy Sports. So make sure you stay on the grid. Joe and I will be right back in just a few minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Craig Mitch and Joe Pizapia here with you. We got our headlines coming up at the top of the hour, latest in the NBA. Before we do that, let's close it out with a little fantasy trivia. Joe, what do we got today here on this Tuesday? Well, this year, Tom Brady joins another elite club because that's what Tom Brady needs to do. He needs to join more elite clubs with huge name quarterbacks, right? So he's joined a club, which is now he is one of four quarterbacks to have played in the Super Bowl with two different teams. Now, we all know Peyton Manning did it, obviously. Uh, He was the other one along with Craig Morton. But there is a fourth Craig Mish. Now, yesterday, not only did you drop the cookie in the milk, but it basically disintegrated in there. Now I want you to get the spoon out and redeem yourself because once again, I think this is a cookie I'm giving you. So who is the fourth quarterback to play in a Super Bowl with two different organizations? Kurt Warner. That is correct. Yay, back in the game. Take that cookie out and eat it. You earned it, my friend. Well done. That's right. Kurt Warner, of course, doing it with the Arizona Cardinals and the uh, St. Louis Rams at the time. I was and, at both uh, games. Yeah. You were at a day. I knew you'd have to be at one of them. I figured there was a good chance. Craig Morton so was the name that I, I knew. Forgot. It was so easy. And, and I almost gave you, you know, I almost made you try to guess Craig Morton, but you wouldn't have gotten that. Or are you and Craig close because of the little Craig Club thing? Where, where was Craig, Craig Morton, Denver, and who else? Uh, I don't know. Was it? I don't even know what the other one, but I saw it. I went, Craig Morton. That's the other guy. The like, and I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I don't think so. I got, I got to go back and look, but you know what? Craig Morton, uh, definitely I, Denver. I, definitely Denver. Definitely Denver. But there was another one where he, he played play, in it. Not in the Super Bowl? It, in the it said played. It said played. Wow. So again, I'm taking what the data from NFL.com gives me. Maybe he was the and, holder. Uh, the holder or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Could be. Could be. There you have it. I didn't want to do that to you. Did the Super Bowl in the seventies? I'd have to go back and look, or maybe he was back up to John Elway. Right, back up to John Elway in the early John Elway years, maybe. No, he definitely was, but I wonder if he. But for him to play, I I think that he would have had to be on the eighty-six Giants as the holder. I know. All right, have to look. We come back with hour two. We'll go away. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.